Red Air Nation proudly presents The Bucking Cap Show, live on blogtalkradio.com. And now, here are your hosts, Buck and Cap. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Buck and Cap Show, live on Dead Air Nation, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Code. Go and check them out at gnarlybeercode.com, and don't forget to use the promo code SINISTER when making a purchase for a VIP discount. Welcome to the show. Wow. I, you know, I I had hoped that we would have a bunch of other um, things that we could discuss, but I don't think it really matters when it comes to fantasy football. Buck and I, you know, kind of gravitate naturally to that. We've been doing it for years, uh, over a couple decades for myself. Well, decade and a half, really, but uh, a couple decades and a half. But uh, needless to say, we held our family league's draft this past Labor Day weekend on Sunday. Uh, early, well, somewhat early, 10 a.m. in the morning. And, uh, you know, the crew got together. And I got to tell you, I think there were a number of surprises uh, during the draft. Um, You know, but fun was had by all, as usual. Uh, There weren't any trades this year, which, uh, you know, that just uh, goes to show you that, the league commissioner who usually sparks all the trades (laughs) is getting tired of trying to keep a track of them. My personal opinion. Anyway, uh, I'm hoping that Buck joins us soon. He's not here just yet. And, uh, you know, we can get going on some things because I mean, you know, I could sit here and talk to you until I'm blue in the face. It's just not the same. Yeah, we've got some questions that we want to ask of the draft, how people did. Um, you know, we always get into, like, you know, who who had the best draft, who had the worst draft, stuff like that. But, you know, I got, I got a few other questions that, you know, I don't think we uh, typically hit when we do it. But I think we're all excited for um, the new season to start. I'm going to get up on my soapbox again, and I'm going to let you know just how disappointed, or I'll just phrase it this way. I do not like Thursday night football games. I don't. I think there is enough football, you know, between Sunday and Monday. Why do we need Thursday? I'll tell you why, folks, because the NFL is greedy. They're making billions, billions. And that's not enough for them. So let's hold a bunch of Thursday night games during the season. And we're going to make money on advertisements. We're going to make additional money on um, ticket sales because now you've just, you know, put it in primetime football, you know, you know, during primetime hours that people watch TV. I... Don't watch much Thursday night football unless it's a team uh, like the Eagles that I'm a fan of or 
I will be honest, I'll probably watch a little bit tomorrow because it's the first game, you know, but I, I don't particularly care for it. They've had times, and I think uh, we're kind of squared away now, but I do recall there's been games that you cannot see unless you have a subscription to the NFL network. Now, here's the thing, folks. I have a subscription to the NFL network. I don't think it's fair that they forced others, um, you know, to have that subscription in order to watch the game. Now, we don't have to worry about it tomorrow because it's on NBC, but I'm just saying, you know, it's something they've done in the past. And maybe because of reactions like mine, uh, they are no longer doing it. Um, it, Justifiable, because it's just another greed factor, you know, to to get more money, to get people to subscribe to NFL Network. And most of that money, sadly, goes into the pockets of the um, cable companies. But trust me, the NFL gets... They're fair, fair share of that. I mean, there's so many things. You know, here's the thing. I've had conversations with my wife before when, you know, contracts are renewed, kind of like Zeke's was extended, $90 million, right? And I've had conversations before where it, it goes like, oh, it's insane the amount of money they are getting paid out there. And my response is always the same. It's insane the amount of money that the league makes on the backs of the players and really, you know, the, uh, the fans are the ones that ultimately are uh, making them billions. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to make that amount of money on the backs of players, then yeah, they should, um, you know, get their fair share of the pie. You know, some probably, um, more so than others, and some possibly undeservedly. And then there's plenty out there that, you know, don't get what they deserve, which kind of leads to what your thoughts might be around Ezekiel Elliott's $90 million extension, which takes him to 2026, I believe. Um, you know, Buck and I have talked about this before. And, you know, his original contract, he's under contract through 2020, which is two more years, right? So why are we negotiating, renegotiating now? Yes, he deserves the money. He's an incredible talent. But the thing is, is when you sign a rookie contract, if you feel that you're that good, and that you're going to, you know, outplay your contract, then don't sign, for example, a five-year rookie contract. If you're under contract, you're, you know, you should play out that contract. I, I, you know, one of the things that I said to my brother was our father would have, would have bluntly said, you know, uh, pound sand, you know, Take a piss because you're under contract and you need to play until that contract. There's no renegotiating until you've played out that contract. Now, 
the league is just it, it, it's evolved to the year of their contract, the year before it runs out, you know, they're at the negotiation tables. And more and more we started seeing where it's before the season even starts. Is this a new trend that we're going to end up seeing with guys, you know, starting to hold out and demand a new contract two years before their contract is up? Imagine going into your employer, you're under contract with them, Imagine going into them two years before that contract runs out and saying, I'm not coming into work tomorrow until this, until uh, my contract's renegotiated and I get more money. Now, we've gone into our employees, I'm sure in the past, many of us have gone in and asked for a raise, feeling that we deserve some. Maybe we've got added responsibility, added pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that, that's, that's well, that's okay to do, but you know, try uh, telling your employer you're not coming in until your contract's uh, renegotiated and you make more money. Go ahead. Try that out. So anyway, uh, I don't know how others feel about that, but, you know, me, I just feel you should uh, play out your contract. But uh, moving on, regarding Zico Elliott, I'm sure there's a ton of fantasy football owners out there that are breathing a nice sigh of relief, going, yes, he's he's going to play. You know, he's not going to be holding out the whole year. And I think we all knew that probably wasn't going to happen. I mean, for we talked about it at the draft day, and I said, as greedy as Jerry Jones is to win, the things that he's done over the years, over the decades, to put his team in a position to win – overpaid this guy, brought this guy in, unpopular uh, among the fans, among the rest of the organization, his head coach. I don't care. I'm picking this guy up, and you're going to play him, damn it. And the micromanaging that he's done over his coaches, I mean, I, I, I said it's just a matter of time that he gets that done. And if they didn't get it done, and the Cowboys played the first week or two without Zeke, and the the numbers are out there. The stats are not good. They're not in favor of the uh, team playing without them. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't have been good for them. And I think quicker than spit that uh, contract would have been renegotiated and, you know, Zeke would have been back, you know, so – it's done. Zeke's back. He'll be on the field for uh, fantasy for uh, week one, I think. And fantasy football owners, um, you know, probably love that. I don't know if I would play him week one if he plays this week. I don't know. I mean, he's been he's been sitting in Cabo this whole time, so you know, he's going to be. Uh, you know, he spent most of his summer, as I'm reading now. Um, yes, he was working out, but, you know, come on. You're in Cabo San Lucas. Uh, how 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 good are you working out, you know? And, of course, they're all going to say the right things uh, about it. And, you know, as I'm sitting there saying that, I'm getting to it. I, I just saw a quote, so I went right to it. And lo and behold, 
it's Cowboys coach Jason Garrett who said he's in very good shape. Of course he's going to say that. He looks good. But he hasn't practiced with pro football players, so we'll just see how he fits in. Um, But he's a quick study. He's a smart guy, got excellent football IQ, so we'll just see where he is and adjust accordingly as we go. He'll be playing. That's what that says. Um, I'm not sure as a fantasy football owner if I play him. You never know what can happen, but I think it might be a little bit of of a struggle for him. Um, And he'll be right, you know, he'll be in sync by the following week. So... Uh, what was I going to say? I was, I was thinking of something, you know, coming up, but <clears throat> part of me. Oh, I wanted to talk about Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, um, you know, also was holding out. And I remember my brother and I having this conversation weeks ago. And I said to him, I said, Zeke, they're going to sign him. They're not going to, they're not going to take a long time. Um, you know, leaving him out there, they will, they will sign him. But the situation for Melvin Gordon is different. I, I thoroughly believe that. And lo and behold, during our draft, you know, uh, one of the reports comes out that uh, the Chargers have, uh, have suspended talks with uh, Melvin Gordon and, um, you know he's got a, he's got one of three choices: play out his contract, come in and play out his contract, hold out until the end of the season where they'll renegotiate at that point, or seek a trade. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's a story here um, that talks about teams that should trade for Melvin Gordon. An article from. Maurice Jones-Drew, of all guys, from NFL Network. And um, he's indicating uh, it doesn't look like Chargers will be extending their Pro Bowl running back anytime soon, but they should. If they don't, here are three other teams that should make a trade for him. One is the Houston Texans, which is a team that my brother and I talked about. The other is the Atlanta Falcons. And thirdly, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which we hadn't talked about, but that was the team other than the Texans that I thought eh, probably needs a running back like him. Um, you know, and this is this is from Maurice Jones. Drew, his his pick of three teams that he feels should. Uh, and I guess I'll go into it uh, for you guys. I'll tell you what uh, MGD says here. Uh, Texans just made a pair of major trades, so why not make another one? Houston hasn't fielded a consistent run game in years, and it shouldn't expect anything different with Duke Johnson starting in place of the injured Lamar Miller. Having made just three starts over the last three seasons, Johnson will likely split carries with Carlos Hyde, who is on his fifth team in the past three years after last week's trade between Kansas City and Houston. Behind an improved offensive line, Gordon would be a major threat in both the run and pass games, and he'd pair well with Deshaun Watson. 
This is the move that Houston needs to make in order to be a true contender. I agree with MGD on this because I think because of the offensive line in Houston, that's probably the best pace uh, for Gordon to land if, um, if a trade is made. Whether that happens or not is another story because uh, the team that has the rights to him, that has him under contract, the Chargers, aren't going to just give him away. They're going to need a trade that makes sense for both teams. The other team that he has listed here, Atlanta Falcons. Here's his justification. Devontae Freeman is one of the most productive running backs when he's healthy. But Atlanta's running back, number one running back, has missed 16 games over the last two seasons due to injury. His injury history is concerning, as is the shaky offensive line. The Falcons did add guard Chris Lindstrom and tackle Caleb McCary in this year's draft, which would which should help. But they need a dynamic, consistent back who can demand eight-man boxes to free up the dangerous passing attack. Gordon can be that guy. He'd certainly make the unit a pick-your-position offense that defenses would routinely struggle to stop. The reason Atlanta could trade for Gordon is because it has a potential out on Freeman's contract after the 2019 season. It could be the perfect time for the Falcons to make a huge move. Yeah, I I agree with most of that. I mean, he he might be a really good fit for uh, the Falcons. I think he'll be a better fit. He would be a better fit in Houston. But uh, team number three, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. The Bucks ground game ranked 29th in 2018. That's not going to cut it if Bruce Adrian's uh, Bruce Arians. Hello wants to make a move to the top of the NFC South. The Bucks' Russian attack currently features Peyton Harbor, which, incidentally, folks, <clears throat> I drafted Peyton Harbor in my uh, Barber in my draft. Granted, he is my number four running back, and there wasn't a great field out there. But the reason why I drafted him is because he's the starter as it stands right now in Tampa Bay. Finishing his uh, MGD thought, the Bucks' Russian uh, attack currently features Peyton Barber, 871 yards in 2018, and Ronald Jones, 44 yards as a rookie last year. And neither is a downhill runner, which is what this offense desperately needs. The jury is still out on whether or not Jones could be that guy. But if he's not, Gordon could be the bell cow Arians' offense needs. Gordon's ability to catch out of the backfield and be a hard-nosed runner between the tackles would relieve Jameis Winston of a ton of pressure and give the offense much-needed balance. I agree with that. <clears throat> Whether that happens or not, that's the big story. So for owners of Melvin Gordon, this uh, this might spell a nail-biting season, you know, depending on how long this goes. You know, are these things, just because, just because this article is written and these three teams um, have that 
you know, that need. And I, I do believe that the Gordon, let's put it in this respect. Gordon is a much better um, option than what these guys have at running back. And there's probably other teams that Gordon is a much better option, but teams get by with the running back by committee and don't need them, that type of thing. Uh, But just because these teams, these three teams are, you know, in this article and, and it all sounds juicy, you know, doesn't mean it'll happen because, you know, the teams really have to uh, sign off of these trades as well as the league. My thought, I think the Chargers, um, they can get by without Melvin Gordon, but I think they're much better with them. So it's a shame to see something like this happen and, you know, both uh, Chargers and Gordon are, are going to uh, suffer um, momentarily in, in the forefront, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> pardon me. I think uh, I think it's just something that might drag on a little bit longer than anybody um, wants it to. So uh, hopefully it does get worked out. And then we have um, fantasy owners and whatever team he lands with uh, feeling happy again. So, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things go down in the NFL during the preseason, uh, which is one of the reasons why our league decides to draft Labor Day weekend. And it seems like every year something comes up that supports our decision to to wait till the end. I mean, you know, when we drafted on Sunday, there were reports, you know, that um, Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Dallas were getting closer. Then there were reports about Melvin Gordon and, and the Chargers, you know, presumably not get couldn't get further apart. So, you know, these things have um, an effect uh, on where you draft guys and whether you do draft them. But one of the biggest ones this year, and I think we all know it, was uh, the retirement of Andrew Luck, the quarterback for uh, the Indianapolis Colts, which have ramifications on so much more than just Andrew Luck, you know. You know, if you were going to draft Andrew Luck, and guess what? He was the comeback player of the year in the league last year. Um, he was high on a lot of draft lists and probably high on a lot of fantasy owners' uh, radars, including mine. So needless to say, when that happened, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Now i got to, you know, target somebody else. Andrew Luck might have been a guy that fell um, in at the right place, you know, at the right time for you. But, you know, after that, eh. but it also has an effect on other fantasy offensive uh, players. T.Y. Hilton. I mean, yeah, 
T.Y. Hilton is still going to get catches, but T.Y. Hilton is so much better with Andrew Luck, you know. Um, Marlon Mack, the uh, the running back, he he may struggle because teams may, you know, put eight, nine guys in the box. They might <clears throat> get up there and go, okay, we're going to force them to pass. Yeah, double team T.Y. Hilton, jump up there, blitz, make it difficult for them to get anything going in the run. You know, when you when you have a guy like Andrew Luck, um, who has an established connection with uh, T.Y. Hilton and some of his other receivers, you may not get away with that as easily. And, and certainly he's going to keep defenses honest. So, you know, then you start asking yourself, okay, well, where, where do I draft him? You know, what am I doing there? So a lot of things like that happen, which, again, like I said earlier, um, you know, support drafting later. Let these things kind of shake out. Let the bombs drop, so to speak, and you know, you're on, you're on better ground, better footing uh, doing your draft. And you know, sometimes it's going to be tougher, and other times it's going to make it easier for you. But if you were to draft a guy, uh, some some leagues have drafts a month before the season starts and, you know, and earlier. You draft those guys and all this stuff starts happening. You know, before the season starts, you're already making a bunch of transactions. And in our league, transactions cost you money. That's so that you're not going, you're not out there making all these moves back and forth and, you know, needs to be fair as well. So, yeah, we're glad that we do that. And I say it every year, there's something that comes up that supports that and will likely continue to support that. But looking forward to this season, I invited the guys. I I actually did a uh, group text. Don't know if anybody, you know, guys, you know, said, eh, Okay, yeah, maybe. Let me take a look into it. Don't know if any of the guys will get a chance to call in. Everybody has a life out there, you know what I mean? They're busy. So, um, you know, it would be nice. Hopefully uh, one or more are able to uh, call in. And that's when the ribbon starts uh, between the owners. And, you know, just like any other fantasy football league, I think that might be the crux of what fantasy football owners outside of winning the championship and the money enjoy the most is the camaraderie between the owners and the constant ribbon that goes back and forth between them. I mean, when we sit down to a draft, there's, there's constantly zingers being thrown. You know, it's a line like, uh, yeah. And, and we saw it this weekend, you know, a guy drafts a uh, running back, and guys go, oh, you know, that's great. Got the number two running back on the team. And, uh, you know, guys will kind of look and, well, you know, and then the next comment is uh, Lamar Jackson is their uh, best runner. You know, stuff like that. You know, and there, there's going to be a number of quarterbacks this year, as in probably every year, 
there are going to be a number of quarterbacks, maybe more than in past years, that are going to be leading their team in rushing yards and possibly even rushing touchdowns, question mark? Not sure. Anyway, uh, let's take a music break here. And when we come back, I'm going to get into um, as much as I can here, uh, you know, monologuing. I'll get into our draft. I guess I'll give you my uh, personal thoughts on some of the um, surprises, some of the reaches, who has the uh, best receiving and running back core, things of that nature. So just a reminder, we're here live on Dead Air Nation every Wednesday at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Join us. You can call in, talk to us, 646-668-8869. We'd be more than happy to take your call, bring you on the show, and discuss whatever you want to discuss. Uh, join in on the topics. Yes, it's fantasy football right now, but I promise you we do talk about other things. Um, and make sure you go and check out our sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. GnarlyBeerCo.com. Use the promo code SINISTER when making a purchase for a VIP discount. We shall see you soon after this music break. Something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, watch that sound Everybody look what's going down Wrong. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Young people speak in their minds. Are getting so much resistance from behind. Time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Day for the heat. A thousand people in the street singing songs and they carrying signs. Mostly say hooray for our side. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going on. Stop now. What's that sound? Everybody look. 
Ladies and gentlemen, are you tired of those old, boring dating websites that promise you the perfect match or the perfect somebody who can enjoy the harmony of life with? Well, that's not our belief over here at HeavyHitters.com. No, we believe... Why should you constantly be going out there looking for a 10 when you can easily have a 3? Well, over here at HeavyHitters.com, we don't discriminate anybody. You can be black, white, straight, gay, male or female. You can even be Democrat or Republican. We'll match you up with one of our fine members. We'll take their low self-esteem and mix it with your low expectations. So visit us at heavyhitters.com because we're large, in charge, and waiting for you. That's right. Welcome back to the Bucking Cap Show live here on Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go and check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. I, before the break, I... You know, I was talking about getting into some of our stuff, uh, you know, um, from the draft and such like that. Uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't discuss, um, you know, some other things that uh, we have here. You know, basically, I saw an article that said T.Y. Hilton, 2019 Colts, best team I've ever been a part of. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, one, I think he's just sugarcoating things. I don't know that he really means that. Two, should Andrew Luck view that as a slap in the face? (laughs) I mean, this is the best team I've ever been a part of, Hilton told reporters on Wednesday. Um, Asked whether Luck's choice to cut his football career short affected that understanding, Hilton added, we take nothing away from him, but this team is good. Eh, fair enough, but still. Anyway, I don't know um, if he truly means that. If he were to sit down and try to put together the best team he's been a part of, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy it. But um, needless to say. Also, want to uh, give you an update. Not sure if Buck's actually going to make it. I had forgot that he is actually doing a draft right now, a fantasy football draft, one of his other leagues. He's doing it right now. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, you know, thought that uh, he would be late. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kind of text him, do you think you'll make it at all? And uh, here's the response, quote, not sure I am in the middle of this draft, brother. End quote. That tells you not much. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, You know, normally when Buck's here, I, I kind of throw things his way uh, so that he's talking and I can mute my mic so that you guys don't hear me coughing. So please forgive me. It's not that easy to do it, uh, you know, when you need to be talking and running the show. So uh, this season starts tomorrow with the um, with the Packers and the Bears. I gotta tell you, when you I do a suicide poll every year. When you sit down and you start doing these suicide polls and you start trying to pick out one winner week by week, <clears throat> I thought that there were some clever schedules 
you know, uh, to make each week pretty difficult. I mean, there's certain things. I stay away, typically, I'll stay away from, you know, any uh, divisional games, you know, and you got the Packers and the Bears, and you sit there and you go, okay, well, you know, that could go either way. Um, you know, do we feel typically people are going to feel that the Packers are, are a better team than the Bears because of their history and everything? Got to tell you, the Bears have been playing good football the last few seasons. And, you know, when they picked up uh, Khalil Mack the, for on their defense, I was like, wow, that guy – that guy turned that defense around last season. He really did. So, I mean, you know, the Bears are at home. But can the Bears, you know, beat the Packers at home? I mean, the short answer is yes. Will they? <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing. I, I, I think – I certainly think they can. But that's like you get these divisional games, and it's it's like, wow. There, there's a setup. So, like, when you go down, um, this week probably isn't one of the better weeks, um, meaning if you're doing a suicide pool and you look at the schedule and you go, ooh, man, it's tough to pick a winner from this week. You know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, they'll have, you know, Pittsburgh at the Browns, for example. You know, you might look at it and you might say to yourself, Okay, Seahawks, I'm going to twist this around because right now I'm looking at this week's game. Bengals are at the Seahawks. Yeah, most people are going to sit there and go, well, that's a game the Seahawks should win. It's so difficult to beat the Seahawks at home, yada, 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 yada. What if it was Seahawks at the Bengals? Eh? Makes it a lot tougher to pick at that point, don't it? So, I think there's a number of weeks this uh, this season that are like that. So <clears throat> I look at week one, and um, you know, every year there's something that happens during week one. You get a lot of teams that come out flat, and I anticipate that's going to happen this year because a lot of teams sat out their starters. Some didn't play at all during the preseason and others played very little now personally preseason. And I've heard a number of people at the draft talking about this guy or that guy looked good in preseason and don't get caught up in it. Don't fall for it folks, because you, you all too often preseason, even when players are on the field, they may not be playing their hardest. So a guy could look incredible once, once the season starts, a guy's serious? That could be a whole new ball game right there. So, I mean, I I, I don't think that uh, you, your, your top guys, especially if they had injuries, i.e. Carson Wentz, you know, guys like that, I don't think you should be putting them out there for preseason. Uh, I'll say it like this. I mean, a rusty Carson Wentz, if you want to follow that logic that people say he's going to be rusty, you know, it's one thing for him to be in Cabo doing his own personal workout like Zeke versus being with the team and running drills, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that he's going to be that rusty, but 
if you follow the logic, he's going to be rusty. I'll take a rusty Carson Wentz. He's going to be better than, you know, many other, especially other quarterbacks on that team, haven't played a full preseason. And I think everybody would say that. Take your favorite team, whether it be Packers with Aaron Rodgers, whether it be New England Patriots with uh, Brady, you know, you're going to sit there and go, yeah, I, I, you know, Brady didn't play all preseason. I don't care. I want him in there over whoever, you know, just as an example. So anyway, <clears throat> week one, I think it, it, it you're going to have some teams that um, are going to be a little bit rusty, but you're going to have a game here or there, especially in the fantasy football world, where a guy has an unbelievable play or, you know, there's going to be a player that, you know, undrafted, not really on the radar, went low, blah, 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 that's just going to have a breakout game. And that's what makes it kind of fun and interesting. Um, I haven't said that. Let's get into our draft this weekend. And <clears throat> some of the thoughts that I have, I'll pose it to you uh, as this, folks. I mean, you, you look at some of the questions that you say afterwards, because during the draft, you, you normally get a, you know, guy calls out his pick and uh, you'll, you'll get a wow here or there. Now, that wow could have a lot of meetings behind it. Like, wow, I can't believe he was still out there. Wow, that's a good pick for that spot. Or, wow, I can't believe he picked that guy over how many others that are still out there. Um, I have to say, <laughs> I think collectively, uh, if we were to sit down with all the owners from the league and ask them, you know, what was the one surprise of the draft? Um, or I'll, I'll phrase it to, to you this way. You know, there's always that uh, first round surprise. What was the surprise in uh, round one? Hands down, I think they'll say Nick Chubb running back for the Cleveland Browns, going fifth overall. That's right, folks, fifth overall. It went Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and then Nick Chubb. <laughs> There's arguments to be made there for Nick Chubb. Sure, sure there are. Um, but I think that, in general, is a surprise to everybody. I mean, I think Nick Chubb, uh, though he might have been – listed fifth or sixth overall in uh, running backs, you know, he was probably um, in the overall draft, probably in the low first round or, or into the second round. You know, so I, I, I take a look at whenever you're doing a draft, you got to look at your scoring system. Now, you can't go by that scoring system blindly. You can't look at it and go, okay, this is what the guy will do this year. You got to look at changes to the team. You got to determine did they lose offensive linemen or did they add guys? Maybe the value of that player goes up a notch, that type of thing. But looking at it, uh, Nick Chubb in our league last year, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14. He was 15th in running back scoring. So, 
you can't sit there and say this season that he should be the 15th guy or running back pick. I mean, Kareem Hunt was above him, and he's suspended. So why would you do that? I mean, you got guys like uh, Joe Mixon and Philip Lindsay, Derrick Henry that uh, scored above him. But I feel he'll probably score above those guys this year. But was he worth the fifth overall pick? So I think if I had guys on here, with the exception of the owner that picked him, guys will say that's a surprise. Let's put it this way, folks. (laughs) Everybody winds up drafting uh, a player in fantasy football earlier than that player should have been uh, picked, including myself. I'll tell you right now, I, I drafted ninth overall. I can't remember what round it was, but my selection of Zach Ertz was definitely um, further ahead than he should have been picked. You know, he, he could have – he probably would have lasted longer. Would he have made it back down to me? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that would have been that would have been another 16 picks, I believe. 15, 15 picks. So, anyway, um, you know, I, I think I drafted him too early. Another example, which again, I think got the wows uh, from everybody at the table, and <clears throat> certainly was a surprise. Second round selection, let me get this right, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15th overall. And the first, we we group receivers and tight ends together versus a lot of leagues that have, you, you draft your running backs, you draft receivers, and then you draft one or two tight ends. And you have to play one of those tight ends. Now, ours is, guess what? They're all grouped in. Go figure out where your tight end fits in with the other receivers, where he should be drafted. The number one tight end out there is Travis Kelsey. He went 15th overall. An argument can be made that that's well-deserved. I mean, he's he is the top tight end, and he's a beast. He is a beast. However... Uh, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten. Eleventh overall in the wide receiver tight end position in scoring in our league last year. He was, let me make sure I get this right, folks. Uh, one there. Uh DeAndre Hopkins was taking seventh overall. And Bell Gurley, David Johnson. And then Michael Thomas was the second receiver uh, taken. Julio Jones was the third. And then the next two guys picked um, quarterbacks. So the fourth overall wide receiver tight end 
person taken in our draft, Travis Kelsey. I think that is a big surprise because there's a bunch of receivers out there. Tyreek Hill, you know, was the top scorer in receivers. I think people kind of drifted off of him because of all the drama and stuff like that. And, possibly because the production might be a little bit less this year. Um, you know, but <coughs> part of me, he, he was absolutely deserving there. I mean, when it came to me, I had Juju Smith Schuster last year and I loved him. I mean, and he was getting some bomb catches and stuff like that. And now an argument can be made. Oh, he's, he's going to be the number one receiver on Pittsburgh. So, wow, the, the stock goes up. Oh, another argument could be made. Hold on. Another argument could be made that, um, like so many other receivers who start in receivers who lose that number two guy without, you know, putting a number two guy that demands some coverage there, they may struggle because teams could double up on them. You know, however, I, you know, I, I had to look at it, and I was like, you know, I, one, didn't want to get caught in that rut of drafting players you drafted previous season because guess what? I turned up a huge goose egg last year. I landed, I'm pretty certain, 10th overall out of 10 teams, which is rare uh, for me. It really is. Um, bottom line, I don't think I did the homework last year. Um, I didn't do enough of it. I probably didn't do enough this year. I've been doing fantasy football leagues well over 20 years now, and I enjoy the draft. Obviously, I enjoy talking about it. You can you can gather that pretty easily. But, you know, I, I don't – I'm not as diligent as I was before um, in keeping up with um, – Injuries, the changes, the rookie players coming in, and such like that. <clears throat> I just don't keep up with it the way I did uh, before. Right. A little asterisk to these comments here before people start thinking, oh, geez, Cappy. Cappy's uh, probably awful at um, fantasy football. I've won quite a bit championships uh, over my time. Um, in this particular league right here, I won the championship the first three years in a row. Three championships in a row in this league when we started it. Um, I've won, you know, uh, one of our family leagues, which was very, very competitive. And it, it was difficult to repeat. To I don't want to say back-to-back. It was difficult to win two championships in that league. And I actually um, was the second guy uh, to do it in the first six years of the league. So myself and another guy won four out of the six um, championships in the first um, six years. So, and one of the things that I kind of pride myself on is getting in the money, that top four, um, you know, and then, you know, on, on year set, you're kind of struggling, making the playoffs and, and being able to make at least that, that second round type of thing. I know, I know it's not that great, but Hey, you know, it, it, it's these little, 
little things when you're struggling that you turn around and go, yeah, if I could just, you know, get that, because you never know, lightning can strike and, you know, you, you could win. We've seen so many, so many times in uh, the leagues that we've been in over the years, one that ran for 20 years. This one is getting closer to 20 years. It's, it's coming up within the next couple of years, I believe. And we've seen so many teams that dominate uh, throughout the regular season. They're the number one seed overall, and they go out in the first round of the playoffs. That didn't happen last year. My brother was the guy. My brother had an incredible team. My brother, uh, you know, sorry, guys, the rest of the uh, owners in this league. And, you know, it's not something you normally say. I think my brother coasted uh, to a championship. He just he had an incredible team, an incredible receiving core, uh, which included Adam Thielen. Um, quick note, side note. Adam Thielen. I've got a neighbor across the street who's not in our league. He does his own uh, fantasy football leagues. I think he's in a couple. Um, and he was telling me about a keeper league that he has. And God, I can't remember the third guy that he was talking about. And probably deservedly so. But he, he said, you know, they were able to keep two guys. And, you know, he really had it down to three. Adam Thielen. Christian McCaffrey and some guy I can't remember at this point. Well, he went with Christian McCaffrey and that other guy and didn't keep Adam feeling. And I was just like, Whoa, wow. I was like, Hey, you know, I usually don't, I'm not going to uh, browbeat somebody. I'll tease, you know, uh, but there's, there's always things that can happen. Um, and there's always, you know, something that could be, be behind things. But I had to ask, why? And he said, because a lot of people are saying he, you know, you got to be worried about the quarterback. And I just looked at him like, so Kirk Cousins, the quarterback that was with him last year when they put up these incredible numbers. I mean, Adam Thielen had an incredible year last year. And he's got the same guy passing to him, so I don't understand that logic. And I started thinking to myself afterwards, like, okay, were these guys, other guys in your league, you know, you know, saying that type of stuff and you bid on it? And I wonder, hey, did one of them pick them early on <laughs> and burn you on that? But I, I really think, you know, um, He's going to have another uh, really good year. He was on my radar along with some others uh, on my uh, brother's uh, team last year. Tyreek Hill was one of them, which incidentally he got again this year. Here's Buck's uh, lineup for you folks. He drafted first overall, and I'm not going to be able to go through the whole, this is who he picked in first, second, you know, all the way through to the 16th round. First pick overall should have been the guy, you know, everybody starts to question him and I don't particularly care for the number one pick overall in the draft because you have to wait so long for it to come back to you. And, you know, we're a running back heavy uh, league. So, you know, by the time it gets back to you, those running backs probably aren't going to be that, um, 
enticing. You know, it's certainly what you might have gotten if you were fifth or sixth in the draft and you drafted a running back and it came back and there's, wow, there's this other guy out there. Yeah, I'm going to take him. Uh, but anyway, he went with Saquon Barkley uh, first overall. When it came back to him, uh, he went with Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill, he got again this year. Here's his um, here's his team overall. Drew Brees, Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, Damian Williams, Philip Lindsay, Henderson, uh, Penny, Rashad Penny, I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying first names. Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Pettis. And, and Keel Harry, which he dropped already and made a pickup. His kickers, uh, Will Lutz and Stephen Goskowski, and his defense, Chicago and Green Bay. I think he did really well, especially, you know, drafting in the number one spot. Um, and, and, you know, yes, Saquon Barkley was on his roster last year. Um Tyreek Hill on his roster last year, you know, uh, but he didn't do a lot of uh, repeat on the players. And some of that has to do with other guys taking them before he, it got to him, you know, drafting at a higher position. Um, here's, here's one of the things that, you know, we always ask who had the best draft, who had the worst draft. I don't, I don't know that I can sit here and say who had the worst draft. Honestly, I don't think I can sit here and go, this guy had the worst draft. Might have had uh, one, two, maybe even three suspect picks. But typically that's in your, you know, your fourth or fifth running back slash receiver uh, slot. But, Early on, Buck and I kind of talked about this, and I think we came to an agreement. Um, there are there's an argument to be made um, on other teams, um, but we looked at my nephew Zach, who picked fourth overall. Here is his roster: Aaron Rodgers, Phil Rivers. Ezekiel Elliott, Kerryon Johnson, Latavius Murray, Brown Freeman, Samuels, um, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Josh Gordon as his fifth overall receiver. I mean, heck, if if the guy uh, can stay out of trouble, and that's a big if sometimes. I mean, as your as your fifth receiver, whew, not bad. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, But here's basically what we looked at after that. Who had the best receiving uh, core and who had the best running back core? And again, we, we kind of steered towards my nephew with his receiving core. Um, Or no, I think uh, we looked at, uh, others. My brother-in-law has Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Green. Yes, uh, we all know about A.J. Green, what's going on. All, all the reports say that he's going to be back sooner or later, uh, sooner than later. 
Um, but you know, his fourth receiver overall, uh, Jarvis Landry, and then from the Cardinals, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, not Keyshawn, Keyshawn. It might it might be pronounced Keyshawn, but it's not the same Keyshawn that we all know. Uh, my brother has Keenan Allen, Tyree Hill, Tyree Hilton. Um, I forget. Is it DJ Pettis and Keel Harry? Um, needless to say, that's a strong receiving core. Uh, my uncle wound up picking Juju Smith-Schuster, Mari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, uh, Marvin Jones, and Sterling Shepard. Um, people might sit there and go, Sterling Shepard? Oh, he's the fifth receiver overall, and guess what? He's the he's the number one receiver in uh, New York Giants. Uh, our fine commissioner Frank Brennan uh, picked up Mike Evans, Kevin Hall, uh, Galladay, Anderson, Robbie Anderson, D.D. Westbrook, and Chris Samuel. Um, I already gave you my nephews. Uh, here's another receiving core that's. Uh, Decent with maybe exception of maybe one or two. Uh, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, and Deshaun Jackson. Yes, Deshaun Jackson, but Deshaun Jackson is the fifth. But I'll still say it, Matt Homer. Denny picked six overall. Travis Kelsey, Greg Kittle, Alshon Jeffrey. Larry Fitzgerald and uh, what is that? Chris Sutton, I think. Um, my neighbor down the street, Nico. His name's Nick, but I call him Nico. DeAndre Hopkins. How can you go wrong with DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, you know, I had him last year. It was incredible. Uh, here's a receiving core that, um, you know, his top three I really love. Hopkins, Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins. Um, then he went with Kirk and Cook. Um, guy who drafted just before me, Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, uh, DJ Moore, Evan Ingram, and John Brown, Buffalo. Here's my receiving core. Julio Jones, Zach Gertz, Cooper Cup, Julian Edelman, and Geronimo Allison. Uh, so <clears throat> question is, who has the best receiving core out there? Hmm. There's an argument to be made there. I think a lot of guys have a solid three sitting there with the potential to have, you know, a solid five. And um, and others, yeah, they may struggle. You never know. Uh, running back. We always talk about who has the best running back core. And I'll be honest with you, I drafted ninth. I wound up with Todd Gurley. Uh, drafting Todd Gurley. When it came back, I thought about pulling the trigger on another running back, but to be quite honest, my brother-in-law took the guy, maybe the only guy that I would have thought about doing it with, and that was David Johnson. Um, And other guys, it was just too early. Guys, like, I'm just looking through people's um, lineups, so it's not really... Uh, in a particular order, guys like uh, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, um, 
Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, which Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to have a good year, you know. Um, but uh, needless to say, you know, it came back to me again, and I'm pretty certain, yep, I, I did the double down on receivers with uh, Ertz and Cup. Uh, and then when it came back to me again, I finally pulled the trigger on a on another running back, Josh Jacobs, rookie with Oakland. <laughs> it, it you know it could be one of those uh, seasons where yeah I kind of struggle with that, but it, there's upside there. It could work out great. I would have loved to have another guy uh, between Gurley and Jacobs, but that's the case. I thought when it got back to me again that. I did a decent enough job of, um, you know, throwing a, a couple guys in there that, you know, uh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, one of them I thought was was good. I mean, you be the judge, but uh, James White uh, with the Patriots. Uh, again, I did pick Peyton Barber. He's the starter in Tampa Bay. I don't know how long he'll be the starter there. Um, you know, Ronald Jones might eventually click and take over. They may struggle and they may need, uh, you know, to, to use both those guys more and more or less. Uh, but then another guy, Ito Smith, that I picked up. He's a guy that he's not going to get a ton of yards, but he's going to get you touchdowns. So, you know, he's that strategic pickup that you look at um, – schedule you look at what who's playing who and where this guy um could potentially get you two three touchdowns in a game and that's where you plug them in uh so uh um if you were to ask me who has the best running back core i'm not putting myself in there in a vote I, i can be brutally honest about that uh let's let's look at some of the others uh yeah, I told you what my brother had. Uh, my uncle, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Tevin, Tevin Coleman, Adrian Peterson, C.J. Anderson. I mean, there's a lot of risk there, but could also be a lot of reward. Um, our commissioner, Alvin Kamar, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon. I mean, if Melvin Gordon uh, does land somewhere, whoo, this is looking good for him. He also picked up uh, Austin Eckler um, and, and Miles Sanders. Uh, Eckler is the now going to be thrusted into the number one spot uh, with the Chargers. And the and the one the other good thing with Eckler is he catches the ball out of the backfield, so he's going to get your receptions, uh, reception yards, as well as the running. I think he's he was a guy I picked up in the middle of the season last year because of injuries and certainly a guy that was on my radar at the right spot. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, the guy's going to get swallowed up by somebody else when running backs start going off the board. Um, So anyway, um, yeah, I went over some surprises. Uh, Who, who was probably drafted too early um, there's probably an argument to be made for other guys who went later than they should have. Uh, there could be, you know, stuff around them that people kind of, 
um, held off. And then you got your steals and your sleepers. And unfortunately, I did not write down what round. I, I've done it in the past, what round uh, guys drafted these players. And, you know, we, we basically, I put them in order. Uh, you know, running backs, we draft five of them. So I'll do one through five receivers slash tight ends. Uh, five of them, so I'll do one through five. You, you kind of get a sense of where they drafted their guys. My brother's one overall. I know Barkley, Allen, and Hill were his top three picks. When it came back to him, I'm pretty certain Damian Williams uh, was his next pick, or it might have been Drew Brees, then Damian Williams, but you get the gist. I mean, you, you can kind of uh, guess where they where they wound up. But when you get guys who draft three receivers before they draft their next um, running back, and, and we have one guy in our league that waited forever to draft uh, his quarterback. And we kind of, we teased him about it, you know, Eh, don't worry about it. Let everybody else pick up their uh, backups because guys were starting to pick up backups. I mean, that's happened to me. That's happened to me more than I'd like, that's for sure. But he wound up with Mitchell Trubisky. There's a lot of haters out there. I think Mitchell Trubisky is is a quality uh, quarterback. Had a had a good year last year. Um, where did that land in um, fantasy points? I think he was 12th. I'll just 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. Sorry, I thought it was 12, 14th overall in our scoring system. Um, but remember, Andrew Luck was, was in that field, and Andrew Luck is no more. So that jumps up to 13th. And, you know, just – as each year goes on, these guys get better and better. They get, uh, you know, a better relationship with their receivers, and you know, things wind up clicking. And just next thing you know, they they're having good years. But when you're the last guy to pick a quarterback, you're sitting there going, okay. Yeah, and, and backups are going off the board. You're thinking, okay, this 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 could be bad. I, I thought he did pretty good, and he, he picked up Kirk Cousins as the backup. So, you know, um, Kirk Cousins, no slouch. He, I already made an argument for him with Adam Thielen. So, basically, you know, uh, Trubisky's going to do um, – might do better, but, you know, last year Kirk Cousins was, let's see, one, two, three, four slots above him, 10th overall. So <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad there, Matty. Uh, you know, even though we did bust your balls about it. But that's that's what it's all about, folks. You know, having a little bit of fun, busting each other's stones. And, uh, you know, in the long run, it it, it has a lot to do with luck. I mean, you're going to make those good picks in the latter part of the draft that are going to explode for you. I mean, let's put it this way. Alvin Kamara's rookie season, somebody picks him in like, I don't know, the seventh or later round, and he explodes. 
you can't tell me that that is, you know, quality fantasy football owner strategy. That's that's more luck than anything else like that. But, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. I wasn't uh, very uh, happy about my team last year. And once injuries, I mean, I was plagued with injuries week after week. I made a bunch of moves, so much so that I owed money at the end of the year versus making money. Um, And we're a league that gives ample opportunity for everyone to make money. Uh, We've got money that goes out through one through four. The other four out of the top eight that make the playoffs, they make something. Small, Small amount of money, but they make something. We have uh, toilet bowl winner, which goes between the guy that finishes ninth and 10th. They face each other championship week. Um, you know, when one and two are going against one another, or I'm sorry, semi, uh, semifinals, they go the week before the winner of that wins some money. And then we have our season ends in week 16 because week 17, there's so many times when you see, um, starting, players, quarterback, running back, receiver that get sat by their uh, teams. You know, they don't want to risk injury because they've made the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. They don't play. I've been in leagues where week 17 is the championship and you lose the championship because of stuff like that. So, you know, we've done it where, um, where we draft – uh, or we have our championship done week 16 and then we uh we have week 7 week 17 where we do like a winner take all i am looking at the chat room uh, which i've ignored bringing it boys in the chat room i'm so sorry let me look at these messages how long have i been ignoring you Woo! 2100. 2100 is 9 p.m. So 9 p.m. 909 was his last um, message where he said, be right back, guys. He might have just bailed on me because I wasn't um, I wasn't addressing him. But uh, he said he got Mahomes, McCaffrey, Schuster, Kittle, Mike Williams and the Ravens D. Not bad. You know, he's got to like those. <clears throat> and my buddy BT sitting there in the chat room, all inconspicuous, probably playing his game as we speak. Um, let me do a quick uh, hello to the guys um, in the chat room. Sorry I've ignored you. Uh, thank you for joining us. A reminder to the rest of our listening audience that you can join us as well. You can listen into the show via podcast and whatever um, you know podcast you use. You you can actually go to blogtalkradio.com, Dead Air Nation Network. You'll see us. You know our, our show schedule. Who's going to having their show when? Uh, Buck and Cap Show. Boom! Click on it. Brings you to our page. Uh, you know, and then you can listen to the show uh, through your computer, your headphone, and you can actually chat with us if you don't feel like 
calling in. Uh, Purple Pill has joined the conversation. Thanks for joining us, Purple Pill. Uh, we appreciate everybody jumping in on the chat room. I'm going to take a quick music break, and when I get back, we'll get into more um, more fantasy football talk. Maybe bring the boy and the others in the chat room. We'll wind up getting involved. Let me uh, just take a look at song that's not going to be too long. And then we'll be right back. All right. I'll see you after this music break. Just a reminder, we are here every Wednesday live at 8 p.m. here on Dead Air Nation Network, presented by Gnarly Beer Co. Go check out our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. at gnarlybeerco.com. Don't forget to use the promo code SINISTER when placing an order for a VIP discount. We'll see you very shortly.
sure, sure. I'd like to, uh, all you listeners out there, to listen to Buck and Cap Show every Wednesday. They're fantastic. Don't forget, the Buck and Cap Show every Wednesday. I hope to God you guys are listening to these men because they're wonderful. You take care, boys. I love you. We love you, too. That's Gemini Joe. And that's back from like six, seven years ago when we were doing our show. Gemini Joe, good friend of Bucks. And, uh, yeah, he, he's still a listener. He's out there. You know, you need to get him back on the show again. It's kind of one of my favorite promos from him. Welcome back to the Buck and Cap Show, live here on the Dead Air Nation Network, brought to you by our fine sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. Go check them out at gnarlybeerco.com. So here we are back again, and I got to tell you, I was looking at um, you know, some of the uh, stories coming out. Yeah, the the Falcons find five million to help with Julio Jones' deal. I mean, that's the guy that I picked up this year, so I guess that um, that sounds good. I mean, he was playing; he was he wasn't holding out like some others. But needless to say. Uh, they converted million blah, 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 six point five base salary blah 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 blah. They created five million in cap space for Julio Jones. So they're not saying how long the extensions for. I'm looking. I'm sorry, folks. As I'm reading. Um, possibility that Jones 2019 cap figure 13.4 million could you imagine now that makes me think of something real quick you know Melvin Gordon was offered 10 million per year uh, by the Chargers but they wouldn't budge on, uh, budge on that how would you like to make 10 million a year folks Woo! Um, Jones has two years and more than 21 million dollars left on his current deal Falcons owner Arthur Blank remains optimistic that a deal for Jones' deal, double, uh, it's mentioned twice there, is imminent as there is a sense of urgency to get it done before Sunday's season opener against the Minnesota Vikings. I wonder why there's an urgency. See, I was talking about Zeke earlier and how, you know, he had two years left and, you know, he's, he's, uh, he held out. He got his money. Is that going to be the new norm now? Are, are owners going to be dealing with uh, negotiations two years before a guy's contract ends? I just don't agree with it. Anyway, one of the things I wanted to talk about, <clears throat> Antonio Brown. Um, basically, he posted the letter from uh, the Oakland Raiders that they sent him. Uh, detailing 54,000 in fines for missing time during training camp. Basically, he was fined $13,950 for missing a walkthrough on August 22nd, which they deemed an unexcused absence. Now, they said Brown was with the team in Winnipeg for a preseason game that day, which, why they're playing in Winnipeg, I don't know. It cost them money to millions to travel, and ah, I don't know. And although he may have missed the walkthrough, he did participate in the pregame warm-ups, ran routes, caught passes from quarterback Derek Carr, yada, yada, yada. 
also mentions that the team previously had fined Brown $40,000 for missing camp on August 18th, the day the GM issued his ultimatum to Brown saying it's time for him to be all in or all out, okay? Woo! What do you think? Oh, my God. What, you know, uncertain the uh, comments made by uh, Antonio Brown it's not going to be a pleasant year for him. Brown basically said, when your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. Whatever that means. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. Basically, he wrote that. Um, you know, it, it really, the space that's available, it's near the GM signature on the letter that he received. So is he shooting it back to the GM? Everybody got to pay, but, um, you know, what exactly does he mean by that? Uh, and, and how committed, I think that's the word. How committed is he to this team after that? I mean, he came out with all this all mumbo jumbo stuff and, you know, he had an issue with the ankle and, uh, crap like that. And then with the helmet, which apparently he's, He's found a helmet that he could use. Um, you know, it, it's all crazy stuff. I mean, it, it's it's basically the circus that uh, Antonio Brown feeds off of. So, uh, <coughs> the, looking at the helmet, basically, his helmet is older than 10 years, so thus it's no longer certified. Um, he lost two appeals on it. Uh, but then he announced that he will wear the Zenith Shadow Helmet this season, believing it makes him feel more agile and comfortable while allowing for better visibility. Now, when it came out that he couldn't wear his current helmet, which is, you know, older than 10 years, he pitched a fit about safety. Uh, listen to that. Uh, he's believes it makes him feel more agile, comfortable, while allowing for better visibility. Hmm. Where's the safety part in that? <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I still think Antonio Brown is an incredible talent. Will he, will he get the same type of uh, production in Oakland? No, I don't think so. Um, I really don't. You know, he... He will get good production, just not the same. And that's why, well, let's take a look here. Where in our league scoring, Antonio Brown was number two overall in scoring. And that is why Antonio Brown fell to, goodness, let me get this right. Boom. Second, third round in our league. Yep, I'm thinking third round. Anyway, <clears throat> that be that. Whew. I I still think when you got that type of drama going on, that kind of plays out on the field. We've seen it a number of times where, you know, the drama plays out on the field and players, you know, aren't aren't as good. Here's another question for you. After taking a full season off, after he held out. On his contract, how how good will 
Le'Veon Bell be this year? I mean, this was a guy who was arguably the best running back in the league when he decided to hold out, at least top two. Um, so, you know, how's he going to be? And, and here, here's, here's the deal, folks. Here, here's what it spells out. He will be playing football on Sunday for the first time in 20 months, 601 days to be exact. So, you know, at least he was in camp with them and stuff like that. But when you take a full year off, I, I think he might lose a step. But I think once he gets acclimated, um, you know, he'll be good. The problem is he's playing for the Jets. I'm sorry, Jets fans, but he's playing for the Jets. I mean, how good is he going to be? So we'll see. Um and we missed bringing it boy. Bringing it boy left the conversation in the chat room. Uh, thanks for visiting, boy. I was hoping we'd get in some football talk, but um, that's okay. I understand. I look forward to uh, seeing and hearing from you next week. Uh, so uh, we usually Buck and I usually sit here and we'll go through who we feel. Um, we'll be contending for the Super Bowl this year. Uh, first, I'd like to go through <coughs> and give my predictions for who's going to win their division. And uh, probably is no surprise in the AFC East between the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and New York Jets that I'll select the Patriots. Um, the AFC North, Wow, you know, there there's teams in there that, you know, have a chance of breaking out, but it, it's probably going to be the Steelers again. Um, in the AFC South, most likely uh, the Houston Texans. Um, argument could have been made for Indianapolis Colts. Might still be able to be made. I, I, I don't know. But um, – you know, I, I think it's the Texans. And then in the AFC West, I think the Chiefs. Uh, you know, the Chargers are probably going to make uh, the playoffs in a wild card because you know how they do it. They take the top team in the division. Um, and then the other wild card, <coughs> goodness, there's a number of teams out there that, that could uh, fall in, into that. An argument could be made for the Baltimore Ravens, who typically um, fall in there all the time. I'm going to go out on a flyer, and I'm going to say that the Cleveland Browns actually do it. I mean, I watched a couple the first three games last year. They probably should have been two and one. You know, they went into overtimes and they lost it because of their kicker. So, you know, um, so I got the Patriots, Steelers, Texans, Chiefs. Who goes to the Super Bowl? Wow. That's between the Chiefs and the Patriots, and it's probably going to be the Patriots. Um, NFC East. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Redskins. I think it's going to be between the Eagles and the Cowboys for the division. Um, and 
I, I'm a homer, so I'm going to go with the Eagles, uh, even though it may be the Cowboys. But um, NFC North, Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Whew. Wow. Uh, the Bears can contend, but I think they'll be a wild card team. Vikings were up there that year that actually the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. They beat the Vikings to go there. Um, but maybe it's a return of the Packers. New offense. I mean, you sit there, you can, arguments can be made about, you know, missing out guys, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's going to be between the Vikings and the Packers. Let me tip my hat to the Vikings on that one. NFC South, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers. I believe it's going to be the Saints. Falcons will do their typical uh, early run, fade, and start to bring it up uh, again. So they might be wild card team. In the NFC West, Cardinals, Rams, Niners, Seahawks. I think it's going to be the Rams. So wild card teams, I think, will lie between the Seahawks, Falcons, and Bears. Don't don't pin me down on that. So who's going to the Super Bowl? Will it be the Eagles? Will it be the Vikings, Saints, or Rams? It's not going to be a repeat, folks. It's not going to be Patriots and Rams. It just it just isn't. Um, that's just the way it goes. So... I'm going to make a bold pick here and say the Eagles will return to the – nah, I'm I'm kidding. I think it will be the Saints probably. Um, But it's okay uh, to be a homer on things. Uh, The Eagles do have a shot, whether they do it or not. I think last year, coming off a Super Bowl win, I think they underestimated the pressure – week in and week out of being the Super Bowl champ. God knows the Patriots know how to deal with it because they made four of the last five Super Bowls winning three of them. So, you know, the Eagles, I I mean, I was saying it week in, week out as I was watching them. I was like, they're, you know, they're taking these teams too lightly. They, you know, they're not prepared. When you're the Super Bowl champ, the following season, every team in the league is gunning for you, regardless of how good or how bad they are. They are gunning for you. So you have to be on your A game and prepare, and the Eagles failed miserably in that. So can they get it back? Yeah, sure. Sure they can. Will they? I'm not – I don't know. I, you know, it will all depends on how things uh, fall. So, yeah, I, I, I'll sit here and go with the uh, Saints for now. So, Patriots, Saints, Super Bowl. And to be ver- perfectly honest with you, I hope that prediction is wrong because I'd like to see other teams in there. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah, I start laughing and, and uh, sparking the cough. But anyway. I think I'm going to wrap things up a little bit early. Obviously, a lot of football talk today because uh, we had our draft. I'm sure when Buck is back next week, we're going to be getting into week one of the NFL. We're going to be talking about 
so much stuff about it. We're probably going to talk football the entire show that one, but, you know, hopefully I'll slip some stuff in there because we really do uh, need to cover some other areas. Um, But if we've received calls, people in the chat room, and that's the discussion, that's where we're going to stay, folks. We're going to stay there, you know, and we're going to do it. Uh, So here we go. Tomorrow kicks it all off. Green Bay in Chicago. I I think Green Bay's going to come out with a uh, squeaky win there, a little bit of an upset. If not, it's going to be one of those Green Bay struggles. Rodgers in the new offense, yada, 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 and Chicago looks incredible. But, you know, history shows that um, Rodgers and the Packers have uh, Chicago's number more often than not. So I think I'm going to go with that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how week one plays out. I'm excited to, to see uh, some of the games. I'm the type of guy that will um, – I've got uh, NFL Red Zones. So I, that's the TV package I have NFL Red Zone subscription to. Um, and basically – it shows you all the key plays. And I enjoy that, especially since I'm in fantasy football. You know, sometimes you bounce from one game to the next and you're like, no, 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 you know. But certainly, more often than not, you're jumping to a game where there's, you know, there's something happening, scoring, that type of thing. So there's always that excitement there. I enjoy it, you know, kind of sit there sometimes it um it helps when you're looking at uh breakout players and you're going okay i've got to go and make a move on that guy and uh do a drop and a pickup if i can so if you have guys in your lineup that are sitting on your bench for on your roster that are sitting on your bench so not in your lineup for that week that play at say four o'clock or monday night um you might be able to squeak in you know, typically Sunday night, Monday night, because, you know, 4 o'clock game, the guy who had the breakout game at, say, 1 o'clock game, the game has to finish because he's locked before you can make a, a move on him. Um, more often than not, you're waiting for the Monday night game to end to make your moves early Tuesday morning. But uh, I can't wait for it to get underway. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this year. I think the players who held out in um, preseason are going to be just fine. You know, I think they're going to kick off, kick the rust off in the first game. And <clears throat> by the end of the game, they'll be fine. But there's larger questions on some of the other players and uh, how they'll make out. Or What's going to happen with the Melvin Gordon drama? Is he going to find a team that's worth uh, willing to do a trade? Well, something might happen week one where a team says, I'm not happy with our running back situation. We got to do something about it. And that something about it is in Melvin Gordon. And it just might be the Chargers. You never know. I doubt it, but it just might be. Anyway, 
I'm going to bid everybody a fine good night. And uh, just a reminder, we're here, <coughs> pardon me, we're here every Wednesday live at 8 p.m. on the Dead Air Nation Network. Um, you can join us here live uh, every Wednesday at 8, or you can listen to us on your podcast, whatever means, whatever. Uh, there's so many apps out there uh, now that you can go to and, and listen to us. And please check out our sponsors, Gnarly Beer Co. at gnarlybeerco.com. Um, and don't forget to use the promo code SINISTER if you're making a purchase for a VIP discount. Here's a little tune just to have some fun and, uh, and joke around. We'll leave you with, and we'll see you all next Wednesday here at 8 p.m. Have a good night, everybody. Roll another. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Uh, my room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high.